we're, we're, in this, we're in this little talk, and um, I'm really excited about it. We believe that everything in the kingdom of God starts smaller than we would expect, but it leads to a life we could never imagine. And I do believe that the future belongs to those who dream. The future belongs to visionaries. The future belongs to anyone who's willing to dream big and start small. And so I'm excited about this. We're, we're trying to level up our thinking. We're trying to think bigger. We're trying to pray bigger. We're trying to have bigger faith. But we're willing to start small. And I think a lot of people have big dreams. A lot of people just don't know how to get going. They don't know how to get moving. And that's kind of what this whole series is about, especially out of COVID and out of just the craziness of the last few years. Just pushing people to dream again, believe again, um, get a vision for your life where we've been in a, a, a season of being told, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do. Um, I, I want to release you to do everything God's put in your heart in Jesus' name. Give me an amen right there. And so I want to look at one of my favorite, just little four verses in 1 Kings chapter 18. This is the prophet Elijah. He's speaking to the king of Israel named Ahab. And Elijah said to Ahab, get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed. I love those three little words, but Elijah climbed. I believe I'm preaching to some climbers tonight. We're going to talk about that in a moment. I, I feel this. To the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go look out toward the sea. And the servant went and looked and returned to Elijah and said, I, I didn't see anything. Seven times, Elijah told him to go and look. And finally, on the seventh time, his servant told him, I, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot, go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. And a heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. I want to preach from the subject tonight. And I, it's not really even a sermon because it's not that good. Like I'm trying to like, it's, it's not up to par with how I usually like to preach. But I feel like, I don't feel like I'm teaching and I feel like I got a prophetic word for somebody. So I don't have like, it's not as clean as I like to preach. But I feel like it's a little, it's just a little... It's just a little raw tonight. It's just real tonight. Because I feel like I got a prophetic word for our people. Here it is. Drought breakers. I think I'm preaching to some drought breakers tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about this. Father, I pray you speak now. I pray our hearts would be open. I pray that you would lead and guide this moment. Lord, I pray wherever people find themselves in a drought tonight, I pray, let the rain of heaven fall in that place. In Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. 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 Israel is in one of its darkest and most trying moments. Uh, at the time that we read this scripture, they are in a three and a half year drought, and they have been basically just in a terrible situation. That drought has brought famine. That drought has brought hopelessness. On top of all of the things that are happening in the natural, they also have a very evil king named Ahab and his wife Jezebel who are uh, 
leading the nation into idolatry and away from God. And in the midst of a very challenging season, in the midst of a very trying moment, God raises up a drought breaker. God raises up a man named Elijah that would cause rain to fall and would bring a nation back to God. And I I still believe that God is raising up drought breakers. I still believe that God is raising up Elijahs of God. Uh, one amazing man named, named Leonard Ravenhill said that while people are praying for the God of Elijah, God is looking for the Elijahs of God. He is looking, he's looking for rainmakers. He's looking for drought breakers. He's, he's looking for territory takers and curse breakers that are willing to see the reign of God and the blessing of God fall not only on a person's life, but on generations and on regions, on regions. Rain was a sign of God's blessing in scripture. Whenever you see rain in the Bible, almost every time it is a sign of God's provision. It's a sign of God's abundance. It's a sign of harvest. It's, it's that thing that God releases to show his blessing on a people. It's a, it's a representation of the presence of God, the spirit of God. And drought, on the other hand, is a picture of God's judgment. It's a picture of a need of a miracle. So when the people are in need of rain, they're in need of God. They're in need of uh, God's spirit. They're in need of God's wisdom, God's ideas, God's plan for their life. And I believe that even if you're in a drought today, maybe your relationship with God is in a drought today. Maybe your marriage is in a drought. Maybe your business is in a drought. Maybe you're going through a tough season right now. I just want to declare you don't have to live in that drought forever, that the rain of God can fall, that we can break the drought. We can break that thing that is holding you up from entering in everything God has for you, that the rain of God's presence, the rain of God's provision, the rain of God's abundance can fall again on your life, that you don't have to live and settle for that forever, even if it's been three and a half years, even if it's been a long season. I believe the rain can fall again. See, we, we've called 2022 a year of the open heaven. Why did we say that? We, we said it because we knew that in the world things were getting darker. We knew in the world things were getting a little scarier. We knew in the world things were getting a little more confused and a little more crazy. But for the body of Christ, we were believing that we were going to live under an open heaven, that we're not in denial about what's going on. I don't deny what's happening. I don't always love what's happening, but I'm not limited by what's happening out there because I'm part of a different kingdom. I'm, I'm above politics and I'm above systems of this world and I'm above, I'm above what people can do in the natural. I'm living under an open heaven and even if, even if the whole world is in a drought, God's going to send me water. I'm preaching to drought breakers today. And this, this is who Elijah is. See, you got to understand this. There are no superstars in the kingdom. There are no superstars. James chapter 5 says, Elijah was a man just like us. Just like you. He was just like me. He had all the same issues. Had all the same problems. Dealt with all the same demons. But, James goes on to say, but he prayed. So what differentiated Elijah from most people and what will separate you from most people is your ability to hear God and obey God. 
not the color of your skin, not your gender, not your family background, not, not your education, not where you come from, not the mistakes you've made. No, your ability to hear God and obey God. Let me just tell you this right now. Every person in this room who is a child of God can hear God and can obey God and therefore can be a drought breaker. You're not limited by your last name. You're not limited by your family. You're not limited by your parents. You're not limited by what your dad did or did not do for you. You're not limited by the color of your skin. You're not limited by your gender. You can hear from God and then you can obey that word and that word can change your life. That word can break the drought over your life. That word can break the drought over your family. That word can break the drought over a region. That word can even break a drought over nations. Talk about drought breakers. I'm, I'm talking about the ability to hear from God and obey God and trust God. And so in order for this to happen, in order to break a drought over your life, number one, you have to listen up. Listen up. When I say listen up, I mean listen up. I don't mean listen down or I don't mean listen around. I don't mean listen to culture that is constantly proving its own confusion. I mean listen up. I don't mean listening to the experts that say one thing one day and a new thing the next day and another thing two weeks from now. I mean listen up. And I'm not, I'm not critical of anybody. I love everybody. I just think I've, I, I, we've been... <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'm going to listen up because uh, the world has proven its confusion and culture has proven its confusion. And so I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to seek truth from a confused culture. I'm going to seek truth up. I'm going to go up. I'm, I'm not making decisions because experts tell me to, and I'm not making decisions because of political persuasions, and I'm not making decisions because of my history. I'm, I'm making decisions up. I, I'm, I'm a listen. If you want to buy a house, you, you better listen up. You want to sell your house, you better listen up. You, you're deciding education for your kids, you should listen up. But thinking about marrying that person, you should listen up. Thinking about getting a divorce, you, you ought to listen up. You're trying to find a friend group, you ought to listen up. We need, a, we need to listen. We need to hear from God. Not just from culture, not just from friends, not just from family, not just from well-meaning people. I got I to gotta get a word from heaven. I'm I just got to tell you, I'm not where I am right now at 38 years old because I've listened to every voice that's come into my life. I am where I am today because I've chosen consistently for 24 years of following Jesus when people liked it and didn't like it, when people understood it and didn't understand it, when people celebrated it and hated it, I've just chosen to listen up. I've lived from a God word. God don't talk to me every day. I wish he would, but I will tell you this. I've learned to listen up. And every time I've listened up, God has never taken me down. Okay, okay. Elijah said this. I, I hear the sound of a mighty rainstorm. I, I hear it. I don't see clouds. I don't hear thunder. I don't smell rain. I don't feel moisture. I don't, I don't hear it with these ears. I hear it in my spirit. There was nothing of natural indication that would let Elijah know in the natural that it was going to rain. This was a spiritual, faith, supernatural conviction that God gave him. Can I, can I just remind you, for some of you Christians that are trying to be so cool, we're weird. 
The Bible says we are a peculiar people, some more than others, <laughs> but, but we don't live by the five senses. We live by a word from heaven. We, we live by the faith realm. We, live, we don't live by, by sight. We live by faith. We don't live by everything we see. We live by the word of God. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. We, we don't just, we're, we're not in denial of the five senses, but we do have a sixth sense. It is the supernatural realm. We worship the invisible God who lives in unapproachable light. We believe in the supernatural. We believe that we are a spirit who lives in a body. And our body does not dictate our decisions. Our spirit dictates our decisions. And so even if there's not a cloud in the sky, I can hear rain. That's faith. Faith does not begin by seeing. Faith begins by hearing. I got to see it to believe it. That's fine, but it's not faith. It's not wrong. It's just not faith. And, and if that is the way you think, you'll never see anything. Faith does not begin by seeing. It begins by hearing. Faith is not conjured up. Faith is not stirred up in the flesh. Faith comes by receiving. Faith is not willpower. Faith is not trying. I'm going to believe God. You just look constipated. That's not faith. It, it might be willpower, and you might have a lot of willpower, but it's not faith. And only faith pleases God. And faith has to be received like a child. Faith does not begin by seeing. It begins by hearing. Let me, let me show you what faith is. Faith is, a, is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is substance. Okay, here, here's what I mean. Um, Faith is real to God. Faith is not spiritual and ethereal to God. Faith is real to it. Faith is a substance to God. We think of faith as like, I'm, I'm just trying to keep the faith. I'm just, it's like foggy and murky and spiritual. And that's not faith to God. Faith to God is, is it has substance. Faith to God is very real. Uh, Jesus could see faith. Mark chapter two says he saw there. He could see faith. He could feel faith. He could hear faith. Jesus said we could measure faith, like a mustard, so we could measure it. Faith is measurable. Am I, does that make sense to anybody? So faith is the substance of things hoped for. So while I'm hoping for the thing to come to pass, I have faith, and that faith is as real to me as the thing I'm hoping for. I'm believing for this, but it's already settled here, even though I haven't seen it yet, because I have faith, and faith is a substance for me. Faith is as real as the manifestation. The rain that Elijah heard was more real than the rain that Ahab would feel. Uh, see, for Ahab it rained once, for Elijah it rained twice. Because to Elijah... It was already done in the spirit. He already heard it in the spirit. It was always, it would already reel to him in the spirit. It was already settled in the spirit. That's why when it did rain, Elijah wasn't shocked. It's called faith. And faith is a substance of things hoped for. It is evidence. What's the evidence? The evidence is my faith. I haven't seen it yet. Things are not seen. How do you know it's going to happen? Because I have the evidence. What's the evidence? The evidence is my faith. 
but you don't see it yet. I don't need to see it because faith doesn't begin by seeing. It begins by hearing, and it's already done in the spirit. (laughs) So a lot of you are waiting to see something, but that's not how faith operates. Therefore, you won't see anything. Okay, okay. Let, let's stop. Let, so, okay, so how do I grow in my faith? First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God. If, if faith is important, if faith is the substance, how do I grow in my faith? The word. Because the faith that God releases in us is released through a seed called the word of God. This is a seed. This is not fully formed fruit. This is a seed of possibility. The Bible is what could be if believed. Okay, so Romans 10, 17. How do, okay, how do I get faith, bro? I need, I need some more faith. Faith comes by hearing. Not by seeing, by hearing. Not by feeling, by hearing. Not by trying, by hearing. Not by achieving, by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. No Bible, no word. No word, no faith, no faith, no fruit. And we're, and we're, we're trying to achieve fruit without faith. And we're trying to get faith without the word. And we're trying to get a word. We're trying to be spiritual without the Bible. <laughs> am, I making, am I making this plain enough? And so everything starts here. Let me just, and, and let me burst your bubble in case you're wondering. We're a Bible church. We're not a cool church. We're not a young church. We're not a hip church. Don't let the lights fool you. Don't let the screen fool you. Don't let the cool, awesome, good-looking singers fool you. Don't let a preacher trying to be young fool you. We're a Bible. This is all we, this is all I've got. I don't have culture. I don't have ideas. I don't have opinion. I have nothing of substance outside of this. And if you're wondering where are we going to side on things, we're always going to side here. Which is what you really want. Even when you kind of disagree and are uncomfortable. I don't know if you even said that on a Sunday. I just kind of feel like, no, it's what you want to hear on a Sunday. Because if we can't preach the Bible on a Sunday, we're not a church. We're a social gathering of religious people. What makes us supernatural is that we open the text, preach the text, declare the text, and let people decide to be transformed by that text or offended by that text. And I guess I'm offending you because it's getting really quiet, so let's keep it moving. Um... You gotta listen up. Number two, you gotta climb up. You gotta climb up. You gotta climb up. Ahab sat, but Elijah climbed. Find me climbing. Ahab was eating, Elijah was climbing. Ahab was sitting, Elijah was moving. Ahab stayed at the same level, Elijah went to the next level. I'm going to climb. I'm going to be a climber. I'm, I'm, I'm not just going to sit and wait for God to do what he wants to do because that's not how God does anything. So here's the question. Where will you be in a year? 
Where will you be in a year? Where will you be spiritually, emotionally, relationally? Where will you be financially? Where will you be in a year? It is determined by the mountains you're willing to climb. <laughs> I'm just going to sit and eat and God's going to bring me whatever he wants. That's not how it works. We don't believe in the law of attraction. We don't, we don't just sit and eat and drink and hope things work. That's insanity. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. That ain't going to work. You're, you're going to have to climb. You have to climb. I may not be the most talented. I might not come from the right family. I might have a checkered past, but you're going to find me climbing. You might have more money than me. You might be better looking than me. You might, you might come from a better family than me. You might have more education than me, but, but I will outclimb you. Because while you're sitting and eating and getting drunk on your own success, I'm going to be climbing. I'm going to be, I'm going to be hustling. I'm going to be, there's going to be a sweat on my brow. I'm, I, I like work. I love work. I love the climb. I, 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 I find pride in the climb. I like it. I, I actually like showing up, doing the same thing over and 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 taking step by step by step by step, believing God for what God has for me. And what God has for you is on a mountain and what God has for you is on a climb and what God has for you will require movement. What God has for you is in a destination that you must discover. What God has for you will not find you. What God has for you, you will have to go find it. And what he has for you is on a mountain. Let's climb. Slap your neighbor, not too hard. Tell him, let's climb, let's climb, let's, let's climb, let's climb, let's climb. And notice what he climbs. He climbs Mount Carmel. This was the place that he had encountered God. This was the place that fire fell. And now he's going back believing for rain to fall. He had, a, he had a presence place. He had a place where he would encounter God, meet with God, hear from God, talk to God. You got to have a mountain with God. Where's your mountain? Where are you meeting with God? Oh, brother, I'm in a valley. You can be in a valley, but you better have a mountain that you go up to where you meet with God. This is something that requires your will. I'm getting as practically as literally you have to have a location where you connect with God. I don't believe that. I believe God's everywhere. Then why isn't that working for you? No one, everyone who's ever told me that, it don't work. I look at your life. I go, that didn't work. It sounds spiritual and religious, but it doesn't actually work. Because you have to have a mountain. That, that might be your office. That might be your shower. That might be your car. That might be beside your bed. That might be at a Starbucks. I don't know where your mountain is, but you got to have a mountain. You got to have a meeting place with God, a place where God hears you and a place you hear God, a place where you connect with God. Elijah had a mountain. Elijah needed a miracle and knew he needed a mountain because the miracle is always on the mountain. It's up higher. It's a different elevation. It's, it's a different headspace. It's a different place where you meet with God. And the Bible said he bowed low and put his head between his knees as if to block out the sound. 
you know, it's, an, it's, a, it's a noisy world. It's a loud world. There's a lot of voices that are trying to speak to us and influence us and tell us what to do and tell us what not to do and tell us what to say and what we're allowed to say and what we're not allowed to say. And what you do on the mountain is you bow low and you close your ears off to everything else as if to say the voice on the inside must be louder than all the voices on the outside. I got to have a place where I meet with God and I've got to have a place for Elijah. It was important for him to bow because when he bowed, it connected him to God. I'm not telling you to bow, but I am telling you that there is a posture in which we can receive from God. Does that make sense? So, so for Elijah, it was bowing, but think about Daniel in, in the book of Daniel. The Bible said that when he prayed, he would bow down and he would face eastward toward Jerusalem. It just helped him connect with God. Oh, that sounds religious. That sounds kind of legalistic. No, it wasn't. For, for Daniel, it helped him connect with God to face the temple of God and to pray in that direction. It was just something, it was something natural that helped him connect to the spiritual. For Jesus, for whatever reason, Jesus liked going up into the mountains and talking to the Father. That's what he liked to do. He liked to get up early in the morning before anybody else. That was his, that was his mountain. Think about the Apostle Paul. He, he says something so interesting. He says, hey, when you guys gather together, he says, Here, here's what I want men to do. I think it's amazing that he addresses men. He goes, I want men, when they pray, to lift their hands without wrath. This is not a time in the presence of God to be tough and macho and to be the man of the house. Because you're not the man of this house. There's a, there's a father who's the man of the house. It's not me. I'm not the priest or the father or the pope or the whatever. There's a father. This is the father's house. And the apostle Paul says, when you come in to worship men, don't come in tough and... Me mugging. JR's up here. Come on, we're going to sing a little. Come on. And I know you're saying that's your personality, but it's not because it wasn't how you were acting at the Raider game, and it wasn't how you were acting at the Golden Knights game, and it wasn't how you were acting at the John Legend concert. And then you come into church. And so Paul says, don't try to man up when you come into prayer. He says, instead of coming angry with a macho attitude, he said, I'd rather you lift your hands without wrath. Instead of trying to be the man, be a son of the Most High God and worship without wrath and without doubt. Come on, men of God. There's something about getting a smile on your face and clapping your hands and being a little awkward and shouting unto God and clapping and celebrating and singing off key. That's why we turn the music so loud because we don't really want to hear you sing a little louder, but we know you need to sing louder. So we turn the sound a little louder so you can sing a little louder because. But it's like the apostle Paul goes, you're, you're probably not going to get what you need with your hands in your pocket. There's probably something natural and spiritual about lifting your hands in worship and in prayer. There's something about letting go of the, for men, letting go of the anger and the pride and lifting your hand and worshiping God. There, there's something that will help you connect. Is it spiritual or is it natural? The answer is yes. Think about baptism. 
Is it just about the public profession of our faith or is there something supernatural happening? The answer is yes. Is it just an outward sign of an inward decision? Or, or is Acts chapter 22 true that says that we wash our sins away in the waters of baptism? And, and the answer is yes. There, there's a mystery to baptism. There's something about it that's just very powerful and it's a testimony of, man, hey, I've, I'm letting the whole world know I'm, I'm a new creation. But there's also probably something to it that we don't really understand, but... It is powerful when we're baptized. There's something spiritual happening as well. It's natural and it's spiritual. Worship is natural and it's spiritual. Lifting your hands is natural and it's spiritual. For Elijah, he did something naturally like bowing that helped him connect to something spiritual. I'm asking you to climb up. I'm asking you to climb into the presence of God. Lastly, we got to look up. Got to look up. Two times Elijah tells his servant, Go and look. Go and look. It's recorded twice, but we know that it happened at least seven times. All right, I've heard from God. I'm in position to receive, I'm on the mountain to receive. Let's believe for manifestation. Go look. Nothing. Okay. Go look again. Nothing. Okay, bet. Um, Go look again. Nothing. Well, okay, go look again. Nothing, prophet. Sorry, prophet. Okay, okay. Um, I know what I heard. Go look again. Still nothing, sir. Uh, Go... Go look again. Yeah. That, that assistant singing, this dude can call down fire. <laughs> I mean, I the keys come up. We see where I wrap it up. And on the seventh time, he, go look. Let me tell you what hope looks like. Hope looks like looking. What's, what, is, what is hope? Look, hope looks like head up, eyes open. Look at Hope doesn't look like eyes closed in defeat, giving up because it didn't happen like you thought it was going to happen. Hope refuses to close your eyes to possibilities. Hope keeps looking even if it takes seven times. Hope keeps looking even through disappointment. Hope keeps looking even though it hasn't happened as fast as we thought it would happen. Hope keeps looking. You got you to fight for hope. Uh, Romans chapter 4 says, Abraham, he hoped against hope. In other words, he hoped in a hopeless situation. He, he kept hoping even after a hundred years of trying to have a child. He just kept hoping. He hoped, he hoped against hope. When, when, when everything streamed at him to give up hope, he kept hoping. He He hoped instead of giving up on hope. He hoped against it. He he just kept hoping. The Old Testament tells us that we can become a prisoner of hope. So I'm not going to be a prisoner of disappointment, prisoner of a season, prisoner of my past. I'm going to be a prisoner of hope. I'm going to keep looking. Nothing's happening. I'm going to keep looking. 
haven't seen it yet. That's all right. I've got substance. I already got faith. I'm going to keep looking. Nothing's manifested yet. That's all right. I already have the evidence because the faith has already been birthed in my spirit. I'm just going to keep looking. Hope. And on the seventh time, that servant comes back and goes, okay, Lord, I got, I got some good news and bad news. Good news, there's a cloud. Bad news, it's little. Like you, you prophesied a mighty rainstorm. You told me that you heard an abundance of rain. You told me to dream big pastor but this is like really small he go he and he and he, he prefaces it with uh there i did see a small cloud why don't you keep praying there's a cloud but it don't look like what god promised you so why don't we keep praying elijah never prayed again after he heard about the small cloud wow. that's what i would have done there's a small cloud. Yeah, there's a, okay, that's not what the Holy Ghost told me. We're going to keep praying. No. I saw what he did, huh? The moment he heard there was even a small cloud, he, he pops up and he goes, all right, let's move. He moves on a small beginning. Because <sighs> small clouds can bring big rain. What that word small means, this is how we would have heard it in the Hebrew language. When the servant tells Elijah it was a small cloud, he said, he said there is a cloud, but it, here's what it would mean in the, in the Hebrew. But it's young and unimportant. Like we believe in for big. But right now, all I've got is like this small little unimportant. But if, if you can celebrate the small some of y'all are praying for things and the answer is already manifesting and you're still praying and God's going why are you still praying (laughs) instead of praying start moving on it (laughs) it's just smaller than you thought it would be at the beginning it's just the size of a but I, I think there's a drought-breaking blessing in a small thing. I think there's a generational blessing in a small thing. I think, I think there's a poverty-breaking blessing in a small thing. I think there's a, a cancer-healing blessing in a small thing. I think there's a... Come on, somebody. Help me shout right now. I feel this right now. I believe there's a region-shifting blessing. I believe we could change Vegas from a little baby little unimportant room I think I think we could reach thousands of people from an unimportant location by the Lee's liquor I think I think we could change the atmosphere from a small cloud it ain't much but it's what God's given us and I I'm not going to despise it roll my eyes at it look down on it or curse it I'm going to say it's what we got right now all y'all people watching online whenever you come to our church the first thing everybody says is the same thing you walk in you go oh this is small this is cute pastor no pastor wants to hear their church is cute come on somebody this is cute oh I know it's the size of a man's hand now 
But in that little cloud is 10 campuses. And in that little cloud is St. George. And in that little cloud is Pahrump. And in that little cloud is a dream center in downtown. And in that little cloud is Henderson. And in that little cloud is Summerlin. And in that little cloud is North Vegas. And in that little cloud is South Vegas. And in that little cloud is West Vegas. And in that little cloud is online going to the world. And in that little cloud is... You just don't see it yet because you don't. But I got the evidence. Because it's so real here. We'll move into our first building and y'all will be like, wow. And I'll be like, we got to build another one. We got to keep going. Pastor, why aren't you happy? Because it's already done here. It's like, that was already done. I got to go to the next. We gotta. I'll be grateful. <laughs> I'm making a point. What, what could God do from a small place? What could he do from a little obscure parking lot with a buffalo wow wings and a, <laughs> smells like chicken? <laughs> Every time we walk out of here, oh, Jesus, okay, we got chicken. They're frying a new batch. <laughs> Is this a small cloud now? What could God do? 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 If, if, if instead of looking past that and calling it unimportant, we looked at it and said, this is the beginning. And all of a sudden, they look up and the sky turned black and the rain began to fall and the heavens opened and the drought was broken and the nation turned because he listened up and he climbed up and he huh. we gotta go up we gotta go up we gotta keep our eyes up we gotta look up I don't know what's going on right now around you but keep looking up I don't know what you're facing right now. We're not in denial about it, but we keep looking up. I don't know what's, I don't know what's next for our world, but I'm going to keep looking up. I don't, I don't know what 2023 is going to offer us, but I'm, I'm going to keep looking up. We're going to keep taking ground. We're going to keep climbing. We're not going to be moved by what we see. We're going to be moved by what we believe. Drought breakers. Drought breakers. Lift your hands with me all over the room. Father, in Jesus' name, I, I thank you that the rain of your presence is falling on your people. Hallelujah. I thank you that the rain of encouragement would fall now on your people. I thank you. Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Breathe, Holy Spirit. Rain down, Holy Spirit. Where there's discouragement, let faith rise right now. Where there's hopelessness, let hope rise. Where there's, where there's something small, where there's a small beginning, let, let honor rise for a small beginning. 
where there seems to be nothing but drought all around, would you speak a word to your people that would release faith in their heart? Speak, Lord. We're listening. We're listening up right now. We're listening up. Come, Holy Spirit. Mm. Mm. 